In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Welcome to this week's edition of Moving Forward. I'm your host, Krista Nepper, and today it is my honor to introduce Josh Pice. Josh is an actor, entrepreneur, and founder of the Committed Impulse Training for Actors and Entrepreneurs. Josh, thank you so much for being here today. It's truly an honor for me to speak to you. Well, thank you. It's an honor to speak to you. So I wanted to start off with talking to you about Committed Impulse, which I just read today. You've been doing for 25 years. Is that correct? That's correct. I hate to admit that I've done anything for 25 years. But yes. Well, I was going to say congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But what was your inspiration behind starting the Committed Impulse Training? Uh, well, I, you know, I trained as an actor. Um, I went to college, and it was a very traditional uh, approach to acting that involved uh, thinking about things in your life that happened to you and then trying to bring the essence of those things into whatever it is that you are working on, whether it's a scene or, or what, you know, movie, whatever. And that approach seemed very logical to me. However, when I watched other people do it, uh, it just wasn't that interesting. Uh, it seemed like people were kind of very in their heads and, and it just, uh, it was boring to watch, and I, I really went on a maybe a rather desperate journey to discover what spontaneity is and how to make being spontaneous easily accessible. And I trained with uh, directors and um, just did all did so many different kinds of uh, experimentation with people from all over the world, and. Um, really with the the desire to create to learn how to create spontaneously to learn how to create in the moment uh that I was shooting something as a, our mind is always wants us to latch on to something safe and then to bring that and to show you know something that we've come up with in the past because that's more comforting for our mind than to kind of step into the unknown fully because our mind goes, well, what if nothing, you know, happens? But um, that's really the area where it's most exciting uh, for an audience. Um, And that can be an audience, you know, somebody watching a play, a movie, um, or, you know, somebody, you know, pitching something or doing a TED Talk or even talking to their boss. Like, if they're really there and really receptive to what's happening in that moment, um, p- people can't help but engage with it. And so that was, um, so basically then people started asking me to train other groups of people, and I was like, that's not what I do, but it was just, you know, more and more people asked me, and NYU asked me, and then I, you know, so then I just started teaching Um, and you know, it's not anything I ever intended to do, but, um, you know, and I'd started out just training actors and then, um, really found that this work is important for everybody, anybody that in a sense has to put their ass on the line, um, that has to, you know, wants to expand or wants to do whatever their next level is, 
what tends to happen is people are often confronted with a series of body sensations that they don't know how to deal with, like nervousness or anxiety or fear, as well as um, a series of thoughts that are usually very self-debilitating. And those two elements um, tend to stop people from really stepping into whatever their their next level is uh, creatively or professionally. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about both of those. And first and foremost, I wanted to ask you about one of the concepts you teach, which is the concept of I suck. When I heard you describe that, it really set me free because I have to say before hearing that, I thought I was the only one that spiraled down into negativity. So can you speak to our listeners who haven't heard that concept before? What is that all about? Well, um, you know, like you said, having having done this uh, for 25 years and you know I've worked with you know academy award winning movie stars and entrepreneurs and people just starting out and what I've found with everyone when you boil down what circulates through their heads not and I'm not talking about when they're having an inspirational idea but I'm talking about what circulates usually when they're like we like we said, putting their ass on the line. Yeah, it it boil it just boils down to some version of I suck. I'm not. I'm too this. I'm not enough that. If only this, I should be further ahead. I'm not. You know, fill, fill in the blank. It boils down to some form of I suck, and it has and you know people that have awards or people that have so much money in the bank. You know, you'd think that at that level, they wouldn't have those thoughts circulating in there. But in a sense, it's like the, whatever thoughts we have, I just say, just assume that they're never going to improve. And to spend time trying to improve your thoughts is a waste of time. And really what, you know, we want to do is to notice when we're having whatever our you know, specialty, uh, I suck thought, uh, starts circulating is what tends, what tends to trigger those thoughts are one is having a low tolerance for certain body sensations. Like a lot of people don't know how to deal with say anxiety or fear, uh, or nervousness. And so we, attempt to disengage from our body because we don't like those sensations. And then our attention floats up into our mind. And then it's like these, you know, I suck thoughts. Yeah. Which isn't a whole lot better, honestly. No, I mean, my whole thing is to, is to train yourself to increase the tolerance, your tolerance for the full spectrum of, of body sensations. And I, Oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, as an actor, I studied theater at Northwestern, and that was one of the things where that, you know, you're connecting your mind and your body. But I think for the average person in corporate America, that's something that we are taught to shut down. And I know it was only recently when working with a coach where I would experience a certain emotion or a therapist, and she would say, where do you feel this in your body? Mm. And I really had to think about it. And, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had no idea at first. It's something... That I've read, in, you know, instinctively, we first experience emotions before our cognitive ability 
kicks in Mm -hmm. in our body. It's what keeps us safe. And yet we're the only animal on the planet that has been taught to ignore it. Yeah, it's true. And that causes all of the problems. Amen. Yes. (laughs) And it's really, you know, it's like we are designed, it's in our DNA to experience the full spectrum of sensations that we feel. And we it's so it's so prevalent in our culture that this notion that there are, are good sensations and bad sensations, and that's what makes people nuts. Because, you know, if you're feeling what you call, you know, this is a good sensation, then everything, you know, tends to go pretty well. But as soon as you start to feel something that you've deemed as this is a bad sensation, that's when everything, you know, goes, goes haywire. And, you know, what I've been experimenting with is to not go into a drama when you're experiencing sensations that you consider bad. But if you actually feel the, the purity of the sensation, it's not a big deal. Like if you kind of tapped on your chest for a moment and, you know, a lot of people like when they feel anxiety, it's like it feels like a tapping. It feels like an energy spinning in their chest. But if you just feel that energy spinning in your chest and not even not even call it anxiety, but just feel that energy and to continue to breathe and to engage what's act with what's actually in front of you, then you move into becoming creatively invincible. I like that. So you're detaching the word or the description from yeah. The- and and what tends to happen is you know we call fear. It's most people if you break down and you ask them what is fear, it's it's like an initial little body sensation that they then dramatize in their head. But if you stay with the purity of the sensation and breathe and engage with what's in front of you, like then you don't, then it's like, yeah, I'm feeling stuff, but so what? It's not a big deal. It's part of being alive. Right. I like that. So you have, I know, a process for keeping people present. Can you go over that with our listeners who might not have heard it previously? Sure. Well, I've kind of, I've kind of said it, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll break it. I'll break it down. All right. So one thing is, I mean, since we were talking about, you know, body sensation is just to feel what you feel right now. And it doesn't have to be profound. Like it can just be like feeling yourself sitting in the chair, feeling you know, then you can go a little more fine tuned. Like, do you feel areas in your body that you feel contracted areas in your body that feel expansive? What kind of energy do you, can you feel any kind of movement happening in your body? And part of that is just, we want to connect to what is real and what is happening in this moment. So that's one piece of it. Okay. Another piece is to take in what's in your immediate environment. And to really see, like, in high definition, what's actually in front of you right now. And I'm not, you know, typically, like, we'll look, you know, we'll be, you know, I'm in my studio in, I'm in Venice, California right now. And 
in a studio behind the house. And it's like I can just go, you know, look and see this shelf that's in front of me. Or I can really see like the grain that's in the wood. I can see how it's attached to the wall. And I can see, you know, where it's light, where it's dark. And just actually engaging with what's in your immediate environment is key to, is it the second key to pulling yourself into the moment. A third key, and there's no order to these, is just to breathe. So let's, why don't we all, anyone who's listening to this, just take a deeper breath. Let's all do that. So just breathing, feeling your body, and seeing what's in front of you. And it's true that that, even just the breath itself, like the areas that were tight or constricted, they do tend to expand when you just do that. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the fourth one is I'm back. And what that is, you know, in the classes that I teach, anytime anybody kind of goes on a little drift, you know, like they're in class and like all of a sudden, you know, they're shopping in Bloomingdale's. Um, <laughs> well, as soon as, so we have, just assume you have no control over when you leave, over when you drift off, but you do have control over coming back. And so in my classes, anytime anybody drifts off, the moment they realize that they've drifted off, they say out loud, I'm back. And it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's like I'm back at the party. <laughs> I like and, that. And it's just, we just want to train ourselves not to go off into these like thought loops, which are usually the same thing each time. And mm -hmm. so we just want to catch ourselves, keep bringing ourselves back, feel what's in our body, see what's in front of us, breathe a little deeper. And that will pull you into the moment and it will also open up the creative channel so that you can come up with ideas, whatever it is that you do, that it, those four steps just opens up a level of, of knowledge and, and a wealth of creativity that you can't really access by trying to do it through your mind. Absolutely. So do you recommend doing this in a meditative process or just doing it when you're in your creative flow or every day in the supermarket? Every day in the supermarket. <laughs> like okay. this, it's, I mean, definitely, you know, definitely for, you know, when I'm about to shoot a scene, um, you know, for a movie or TV show, it's like, my mind, you know, will go like, oh, how, I hope it goes well. What if they don't like me? And there's right. like, no. It's like, get back in my body. What do I see? Breathe. And like go in, have the bravery to go into the unknown, knowing, you know, I know what I, I know the lines. I know, you know, I've prepared, but then I've also got to be receptive to what's happening in this particular moment. I like that. I like that because I, you pointed out receptivity, which I think we're not great at as Americans. But then also your approach is very forgiving. Like we assume our th thoughts are not going to improve. We assume that we are going to drift off and there's no beating yourself up for either one of those things. It's just acknowledge it and then bring yourself back. Yeah. And just know that like the beating yourself up, it's just mechanical. It's just filler. And, and 
you'll also notice that if you're ever in a state where you're kind of beating yourself up or being hard on yourself, that you're hardly breathing and you can't see what's in front of you. Like it's almost like you're blind, you know, like you're so in your like, you know, or, you know, reenacting some conversation that might happen or that did happen. Yeah. Like you can't really see what's really in front of you. Or if you do, it's, it's muted. That's so true. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, because you're in the past or you're creating something in the future that's not actually real. Yeah. Wow. And we think we think that if we, you know, operate out of our minds that we're going to come up with our best work. But, you know, having worked with so many people at, in so many different careers, it's like it doesn't it's like there's a level of genius in us that um, that we just can't access unless we're fully engaged with what's real and what's immediate. And that's what, you know, that's what opens everything up. Well, let me ask you about that. So you're a working actor and you're also an entrepreneur. So what is the continuing thread between the two of those? I know you work with both. I know you are both. What mm-hmm. binds those two together? Well, yeah. You know, when I'm, um, you know, I, for example, I was just shooting um, a really intense episode of Law and Order SVU, um, and just finished that. Uh, I guess about two, two, three weeks ago. Okay. And just in that process of what I had to go through, um, and it was really a creative, wonderfully creative, challenging um, opportunity. Um, that I was then able to then what I learned to bring into the classroom or to bring, you know, into my blog posts or, or, or what have you. So that it's really, it's, it's like I'm in an ongoing laboratory of how can I access as much of, you know, or all of my creativity at any given moment and then experimenting you know, my desire is the people that I work with or, you know, really for everybody on the planet is to is to create at their optimum. And I've just exp- found what gets in people's way and, you know, found how to get them out of their way. And so, you know, I just it's really one thing, even though it really looks separate because I'm either like shooting movies and TV shows or I'm teaching, but I really see them very much as, um, just kind of two sides of the same coin, which is like how to create in the present moment. I love that. I like the idea of bringing in the most creativity that you possibly can. And it's funny, I was speaking at a conference last week and one young woman stood up and she said, well, I'm not a creative person. And I wanted to ask your thought on that. Do you think we as humans are all creative? Yeah, I think we, I think we are. I mean, I, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, it's a great no, question. No, I do. I mean, and I think my creativity is probably different from somebody who can code, but that's certainly a creative process that I cannot do. And yeah. I have a great deal I think of respect. We're all, I, I think we're all hardwired to, to create. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, culturally, you know, how we're, you know, how we're brought up. Like, I, you know, I was brought up in Alphabet City in New York City, you know, and it was – you know, in a completely bohemian environment where 
creativity was like the pinnacle of what you could do with your life. Yeah. (laughs) And then some people grow up in a very structured where it's like you you do A, B, C, D um, to get to E. But there's a creative process that happens in going from A to B to C to D. And it may not take the form of spontaneous, committed impulse, creative moment. But I, I, I do th- even, it, you know, it may show up in how somebody cooks or how somebody, whatever. It's like, I think it's, it's, it's an important thing that everybody should experience. And I think also, you know, there's so much talk about art programs and schools. Yes. And I think that's just to, to maintain that is just essential for to create people that can think and that can problem solve. And so, you know, nurturing creativity is, it's essential for any kind of success, whether it's just success in terms of well-being or success at, you know, whatever your profession may be. I think that you hit on such an important point and creativity in schools and they're showing all of these links between music programs and how well people do in music, they do equally as well in math, which might seem like two separate things. But I think it gives you, as you were saying before, that ability to be spontaneous and that freedom to explore and go down that path, which we're not always given if we do grow up in a structured family or environment, like you were saying, that's just A, B, C, D, E. So I think that's a really important point. Well, with all that you do, what would you say that you do best? And I usually have to give people permission to brag here. So permission granted. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do best? I'm making a really good soup right now. It's on the (laughs) the oven. I mean, it's on the stove top right now. I'm really good at seeing how people stop themselves and giving them tools to, to get themselves unstuck. And I, Mm -hmm. and I apply that as an actor, I apply that because it's so interesting for me in terms of creating a character to see, to know like, what does this character not see? Like, what do they not see about themselves? And it's usually what, what they don't see is, is how they're defined. Like, that's how they operate. That's how they make their mistakes or their, or their, maybe their brilliance in life is because they, there's areas that they don't see. So in terms of creating a character, that's how I use it. In terms of working with people, I've just, I just have an ability to give people like just a, a slight adjustment that can open up their creative channel. Yeah, I like that. And I would agree, as I was saying earlier, you know, your point about how we're all, it's just human nature to spiral down to the negative. Like I was saying, that really freed me and that allowed me to kind of go forth and, and, you know, own it and say, yep, I do this. I'm human. I'm going to be okay with it. So yeah. And it's a gift. Definitely. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. 
So let me ask you. So I wanted to kind of dive a little deeper and ask you if you are spiritual, if you are religious, and to you, what is the difference between the two? Wow. We dig deep here. (laughs) Dig deep. deep. Well, starting with religious, I mean, I've always thought that religion kind of was born out of, and that I'm sure I'm going to offend people. I, you know, I've, I've always had this notion that religion, it came out of our minds, not knowing what happens when we die, not knowing, not knowing really why we're here. And that those, the unknown is so disturbing to a part of our mind and if we have rules and beliefs and things to latch on to, it's comforting to our mind. And so on some level, I've felt that that's that religion and, you know, that it's not a bad thing that it that it creates comfort, and, you know, and something to hold on to. But I've also felt that it's really on the bottom line, we just don't know. Like there's, there's mm, things yeah. that we just don't know and it's disturbing. Yes. Um, so I wouldn't say that I'm religious. Spiritual, I mean, for me, when I'm experiencing what I, what I guess I would call spiritual, it's just when I'm present, when I'm, when I'm not in any kind of mental drama and I'm just like walking down, you know, walking in the woods and just breathing and like really seeing what's in front of me. And I think I I associate like a certain level of just amazement at at that, you know, there's this planet that I can talk and I'm making these odd sounds and that you presumably are understanding what I'm saying, right? you know, and then I'm able to communicate something to you and, you know, and, and plus this technology that we're talking through that other people can, can listen to it. Like that's, some, you know, I think to me, spirituality is, it's just an engagement and an amazement. It's interesting when you're speaking and you're talking about being present, there is this sense of gratitude, I feel. It just comes through. And it sounds like that's a part of your practice as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't consciously – yeah. I mean, it, it's true. I do I do have gratitude. I don't, I don't do like gratitude affirmations. Um, right. <laughs> maybe I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when I'm just – I, it, it's true. There is like when I'm just like really engaged and just like walking and looking and, you know, it is it's it's pretty amazing. The whole thing, the whole thing's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of times myself and I think all of us, you know, we get we just get caught up into these mental dramas, which make us blind to what's really going on. Agreed. Yeah, it's easy to do. So maybe spirituality is like just engaging with what's real. Mm, I like that. Mm. Yeah. Let's, let's write that down, somebody. <laughs> Josh Pice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, with all that you have done, what are you doing now that scares you, but you're doing it anyway? What am I doing that scares me? I've created a um, a TV show. I've I've written a show. We're just in the final stages um, of putting it together, 
and t- and taking it into the you know taking into the world like we're going to be pitching it to some Netflix and Amazon and places like that and it's that's a new area for me like you know I've been an actor my whole life and and that's continues to be challenging and engaging but this is this is like something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And so the, so it's scary, it's scary, exciting. And it's like scary and exciting get really, get really close. Yeah. In a good way, probably. Yeah. In a good way. And is this something you wrote? And can you it's tell us a little bit about it? The na- I'll just say the name of it is called Paint. Okay. And I'm going to leave it at, at that for now, but sure. uh, the next time, next time we talk, um, I'll be happy to tell tell you more about it, and hopefully, it'll be uh, will be in production, and then I'll spill the full the full beans on that. Excellent! I'm excited to hear more about it. So let me ask you uh, again one of the digging deeper questions. Okay, what's the hardest thing that's happened to you, and how did you overcome it? The hardest thing. I'm happy to say at, at this point in my career as an actor that for the most part, I get offered projects. Yes. Um, but when I started out, you know, I had to audition. And I think the hardest, the hardest thing was putting myself out there and mm. it not working. And yes. what I, you know, what I discovered early on, well, early on, I would, you know, go into auditions and I would be so full of nerves and and fear that it would I just couldn't get my work out there. And I remembered something that my father told me. My father was a theoretical physicist who worked with Einstein. Wow. And and I remember one day as a as a little kid I was like, "Well, what do you do? Like what what's your <laughs> job? Like what do you do?" And, and he said, I was sitting at a near a, a small table and he said, well, do you see this table? I was like, yes, I see the table. And he said, do you see your knee? I was like, yes, I see my knee. And he said, the smallest part of this table and the smallest part of your knee are the same thing and they're atoms. And that's what I explore, the, the building blocks of the universe, you know, and then, you know, this was in the morning and then he kind of picked up his briefcase and walked out the door and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and when I cut back to me auditioning and just being so full of, you know, these fear and anxiety and I just remembered what my father had told me, you know, that inside my body it was atoms and I started to just feel, instead of judge, you know, these sensations as good or bad, I just started to feel them as atoms. I just started to feel like this movement, this energy in my body. And that, that gave me the, that was maybe in a sense the, the catalyst for committed impulse, but that yeah. also gave me the ability to experience like all this movement and all this energy in my body and create with it as opposed to trying to suppress it and monitor it and try to feel something different and judge it. Yeah. And, yeah. And judge it. And, you know, I say, assume that you have no control over what you're going to feel unless you suppress yourself. But if you suppress the energy in your body, 
your attention is going to go into your mind and it's going to be it's going to be creatively crippling so better to stay with the energy in your body and trust that it's creative fuel as opposed to anything that's in your way and then you know and then you can then you can rock it out i love that and you know, the thought that comes to mind, too, is that control, it's something we all seek and want, but it's really an illusion. The only thing that we can actually control, I've been taught, is not even your first thought, but your second thought. You have a choice. Mm. Control is something that our mind craves, but it's yes. not really the laws of the land. Like, the law of the land is that everything is in a constant state of, of movement and that most things are unknown. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we still... And that's exciting. That's it, that's exciting. It is if you embrace it, but I think so many of us, and we hit on this before, they're so scared of uncertainty. It is not a comfortable place for the majority of people to live. And I think that, you know, that's the difference between being happy and content in your life and being an anxious mess is just coming to terms with the fact that everything is fairly uncertain. Yeah. And, and to ride that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's uncertain, but it's there's a force and there is like it's juicy what's unknown. Right. And yeah. it just it just takes some practice. And and that's, you know, in a sense what I teach people in committed impulse is just to is to is to ride the the flow that's actually there. And if you do that, it's the ideal way to communicate and it's it's the ideal way to create. Oh, I love that. That's really, really good. Last question. So my favorite quote is, be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So the question is, what is your battle today? What is my battle? I don't know. What, how do you define a battle? I don't know if I have Something a battle. Something maybe you struggle with, uh, you need to you know, put to rest or lay to bed. Or I've just been involved in a negotiation for a TV show. Okay. I can't believe I'm talking about this, but um, <laughs> starting out and also kind of where I grew up, like it was very much a poverty mentality. Okay. And, and so it, in a sense, you know, like a battle that I've just kind of stepped through is to not do work if I feel that I'm not being properly compensated. Yeah. For. And, and that's in a way, in a way it's like for me a battle but it's i feel like i've i've made it to the other side because it's like i just know that if i'm doing a certain type of project and i'm not being compensated in a way that's i'll say right mm-hmm. that it's it just doesn't it's not going to support the entirety of my well-being and i'll also say that there's certain projects that i'll work on that because they're so creatively juicy, like the money is, is less of an issue. That makes sense. It's interesting. I was in New York this weekend and uh, a girlfriend and I went to see Avenue Q and during intermission, we kind of paused and she looked at me and she said, do you ever miss acting? And I said, yes, I do. But what I don't miss is the pursuit of acting. And it's interesting because there is this beautiful creative flow that goes with that art. But then there's also everything else that goes with it. And I really love that you hit on that because it's just, you know, the truth of what it is. Right, right. Yeah. If our listeners wanted to connect with you and learn more about you, where would they go on the web to do so? 
committedimpulse.com. There's on that website, C-O-M-M-I-T-T-E-D-I-M-P-U-L-S-E.com. And on that, on the site, uh, on the homepage, there is a place where it says my free class. Yes. And a great audio there where I kind of expand more about and kind of talk you through these four access points to being present. And people listen to it a lot, like if they're for actors, if they're auditioning, or if you're, you have to talk to a, your boss about a raise or go on a date or just feeling like you're in your head and want to like get more grounded in the present moment. It's just some great free content. And I can attest it is. I've taken it. It's wonderful. It really helps shift some things for me. So anybody who's interested in being present or being mindful. And you hold workshops in both LA and New York. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. And I also have a online program, which is awesome. It's all on the website. Beautiful. Very good. And are you on social media as well? Yeah, it's all just my name. J-O-S-H-P-A-I-S, like on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And there's also a Committed Impulse Facebook page. So definitely say hi. And I'll say hi. (laughs) And we'll have all of this on the Be Moving Forward website as well. Awesome. Josh, thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Have a great day. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. If you'd like to learn more about Josh or any of our guests, please go to bemovingforward.com. That's bemovingforward.com. I'm Krista Nepper. Thanks again. And Satnam. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.